From WUIS, it's State of the State. I'm Brian Mackey, and today, the State of the State depends on luck. If you hit a guardrail or you hit and kill a state trooper, the charge is the same. No matter what happens, he's still getting away with murder. They're stupid and they're reckless, but it's not intentional. People will assign greater punishment just based essentially on the dumb luck of who's in your path. We're going to spend some time at an intersection where psychology meets philosophy. It's a concept known as moral luck. There's a lot of new research in this area, and while it can seem a bit abstract, it has some very real-world consequences right now in Illinois. Let's start with a definition. Moral luck, at least as it pertains to the law, is the notion that chance outcomes can play a significant role in how one is treated. Think of the crimes of attempted murder and actual murder. It's often luck that decides whether a wildly fired bullet grazes an arm or pierces a heart. And yet we don't necessarily want to punish a hapless attempted murderer quite as severely as a stone-cold killer. This disconnect has deep roots in the human psyche, going back to childhood. We know this in part because of the pioneering work of a man named Jean Piaget. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the most famous experiments uh, in the history of psychology, certainly in the history of moral psychology. This is not Jean Piaget. He lived a full life and died in 1980. I did, however, want to talk to someone who's carrying on with research in the field of moral psychology. So... I called Fiery Cushman. I'm Fiery Cushman. I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Psychology at Harvard University. Okay, it's Switzerland in the 1930s, and Piaget is trying to understand how kids make moral decisions. Cushman says he was really good at finding cases where kids do things just bizarrely different from adults. And in this case, he asked young children, five, six years old, imagine there are two kids. There's a little boy who uh, wants to play a prank on his dad and he takes out a pen and makes a little dot of ink on his dad's desk. Just a tiny little dot. And then there's a little girl who's trying to do a favor for her dad and she's cleaning up the desk but she accidentally knocks over the whole pot of ink and it spills everywhere on the desk. On one desk, a tiny dot. On the other, a massive blob. Who is worse, boy or girl? What he found was that young children, five- and six-year-olds, would say that it was just obvious that the little girl was worse because she spilled a lot more ink. This is quite different from what older children do and adults do, which is to say that the little boy is worse because of his bad intentions. Even though he didn't cause as much harm, he had the wrong intentions. He had the wrong state of mind. Yeah, adults can make much finer distinctions about state of mind, except when we don't. What our research has shown is that in some sense, uh, none of us ever fully grows up. <laughs> so th there's a sense in which we are able to judge people based on intentions alone. But when it comes to punishment in particular, we still tend to punish in a way that is sensitive to accidental outcomes. A classic example of this involves two people who fall asleep at the wheel. They both veer off the road. One hits a tree, the other hits a person, killing them. I'd wager you and I and most people would say the driver who hit the person deserved more punishment, because, of course, it's a human life. But isn't that like blaming the girl for spilling all the ink? All the way from a very young age, as in Piaget's study, and continuing in some form up into adulthood, 
people will assign greater punishment just based essentially on the dumb luck of who's in your path. This is a lot more than an academic debate. Right now in Illinois, there's a piece of legislation pending that involves these very questions. House Bill 1516, a bill for an act concerning transportation. This is the sound of the Illinois House of Representatives back in March. Speaker, ladies and gentlemen, this is what has been dubbed the Trooper Sauter Bill. You might remember the case of Illinois State Police Trooper James Sauter and a separate incident involving Trooper Doug Balder and a tollway worker named Vincent Petrella. Breaking news now, a truck driver has just been charged in a horrific crash that killed a tollway worker and critically injured a state trooper. The state's attorney's office says Bokelman fell asleep behind the wheel of his tractor trailer and slammed into Trooper Sauter's police cruiser. Investigators say he had too many hours behind the wheel when he caused this fiery crash in Aurora last night. Bokelman was charged with being tired behind the wheel, but not reckless homicide. No matter what happens, he's still getting away with murder. That last voice was Balder, the only one of the three accident victims to survive, albeit with burns and other serious injuries. He and some of the other surviving relatives have been upset that the most the sleepy truck drivers could be charged with were regulatory violations for allegedly driving tired, driving too long, and falsifying logbooks. One of the truckers has already been convicted and was sentenced to three years in prison. Enter State Representative John Cabello, a Republican from the Rockford area. Today, if you were a truck driver and you were uh, driving fatigued, driving past the recommended limits, and you hit a guardrail, you would be charged the same as if you struck and killed someone. This bill, if you strike and kill someone, will now be a Class 2 felony. So this is it, a real-life case of moral luck. The people of Illinois, through their elected representatives, are deciding that, like the girl who spills all the ink, the outcome of a traffic accident is more important than the intention of the driver. On the first of a series of votes, the measure passed the House with a comfortable but not overwhelming margin. Some lawmakers raised the moral luck argument, in a way. Representative Elaine Neckritz is a Democrat from Northbrook. We run into this with the reckless driving charges where, you know, if someone's texting and they kill someone, it's, it's horrific and it's awful. I understand that. But, you know, to charge them with, a, with, an, with what really is not an, they're not intending to kill that person. They're stupid and they're reckless, but it's not intentional. This is the heart of the dilemma. On the one hand, we can understand the outrage of surviving family members. To think that a truck driver broke the law, killed your husband, and only gets three years? On the other hand, who among us has not had that moment of fiddling with a GPS or radio and drifting onto their shoulder? You catch yourself and think, Phew, I'm glad no one was in the way. Cushman, the psychologist we heard from earlier, says the field is still grappling with this disconnect. He says it's too early to say whether we'd be better served by punishments based more on intention than outcome. That's in part because there's a real-world benefit to punishing accidents. When a tragedy like this occurs, it reminds all of us the consequences of pushing the envelope, whether it's trying to text when we're on the road or trying to eke out one more hour before we sleep. And that actually reflects one of the explanations that we've been testing in the lab, which is that we punish accidents because it's a good way to teach other people what appropriate conduct is.
it's what a teacher might call a teachable moment, right? It's a, that kind of moment when everyone is ready to take away a lesson and to kind of profoundly feel the emotional impact of that lesson. From a certain vantage point, it might make sense to draw the best lessons we can from a difficult circumstance by having a particularly uh, punitive response to people who happen to cause actual harm. More of us than would care to admit have had distracted or tired moments behind the wheel. It's chilling to think that the only reason we were spared from public scorn, prison, and a lifetime of guilt was the random chance, the luck, that no one happened to be in our path. That is it for this episode. You've been listening to the State of the State podcast from WUIS. I'm Brian Mackey. Have all voted who wish. Have all voted who wish. Have all voted who wish. Batnick, Breen, Chapel of Via, Feigenholz, Golar, please record yourselves. <laughs>